from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. That's it. Everybody just heard it. <laughs> it's going to be one of those moments. Where were you when you heard the beginning, the new beginning of the new intro that I'm going to figure out how to put together? <laughs> but our producer who owns a studio doesn't know a music guy. How is that possible? Because he knows the wave of the future is podcasts, not music. Good point. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's got all this recording equipment. He's had to have come across a musician at some point. Right. Um, now don't get me wrong. Our intro music is the best of any tennis podcast ever, which is not that big a deal. <laughs> I was going to say, I think three have been going since like, like Oh seven or Oh eight. And no. do any of those three have music? No, <laughs> they might. I don't know. I don't listen. Right. Um, but yeah, but you want to mix it up and get, you know, get a little funky and have some fun. Uh, but I don't know anything about music, so we'll have to. That doesn't stop us talking about tennis. Yeah, if you uh, if you know anything about music, call in. We need a <laughs> we need a new intro uh, a song of some kind, and I don't even know what genre or what feel or what type. You know, I don't even know which which direction to go. Yeah, clearly week two in a row with no tennis. <laughs> That's not true. Uh-huh, actually, we got tennis this we time. We thought there was no tennis. However, there were two matches, only two out of all the matches played that matter to me. <laughs> um, but even though it was a Masters, didn't it remind you of that U.S. Open where Federer and Djokovic both lost on the same day? Yes. To Chilich and Nishikori, which, because it's so rare for one of them to lose, but for two to lose in one day is like unheard of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The the I mean, the, here's the sound of those two lo- losing in the same round any round before the final click <laughs> not that not that remotes click anymore but you know you get it right you get it well and usually when they lose the people that beat them immediately lose next round if it's not the not the semis yeah but not to be not to be it's a new era on the men's side what do you think am i wrong yes of course <laughs> well so last week i made fun of andreescu for doing the interview about forgot what it feels like to lose and then this week, Federer and Jokic both give interviews that say, yeah, the young guns are really coming up on us. You know, we're kind of worried. I think this may be the sign of them catching up. And then what? Ha- it's like self-fulfilling prophecies. Why are they doing this? I don't get it. Well, but that's the opposite. You just said two things that are the opposite. You're no, the that's worst true. podcaster ever, I swear. <laughs> no, but I mean, why even discuss it? Like, just say until they do something, you know, they're not the way with the right. future. Right. Oh, so don't comment commentate on your own right i see yeah why are you comment like i don't understand why you want to discuss your own yeah future she more jinxed herself right 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 they sort of foretold their own downfall yeah and it's almost like people those guys are going to read that like oh man even they're worried like why would you want your opponents to, to know that you're worried about them like i don't get it yeah i don't uh because they're bored they're 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 literally tired of winning everything and i don't think they believe i still think they 
even after this, they think it doesn't matter. It wasn't a slam. It's going to be different if we play them in a slam. For Djokovic especially. Federer, I do think, sees the end is near. Mm. But Djokovic, I don't see how he can't have confidence. I have to imagine that Federer's sitting around with Mirka and saying, when are these guys going to get good enough? This is absurd. <laughs> Please just, I, I want it to be over. Right. I'm ready to retire and live my life. I can't retire when I'm winning everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean. Why would I retire now? I can going, out on, going out on top is one thing. Going out when there is nothing below you is a separate issue. So, sweet relief. He just wants sweet Here's, I, I use this reference. I need a one word or a two word phrase that describes this reference. Because it's too hard to explain and nobody has seen it because it's the worst <laughs> movie in the world. But do you remember Waterworld, that masterpiece? <laughs> yes, the Kevin Costner movie that bombed oh, horribly. Yeah, so basically, yes. So, water, yeah, it cost $850 trillion <laughs> to make. And made $8.50. <laughs> and made $8.52, sir, <laughs> with tax. Anyway, there's a scene... A spoiler alert from 1996 <laughs> or whenever well, it is. Nobody's seen it, so it is a spoiler. That's a fair point. So there's a so the bad guy, Anthony Hopkins. Way to ruin it for me. Yep, he's on a, a uh, an oil tanker because the whole world is covered <laughs> <Right>. in water, <laughs> presumably because of global warming. Um, although they, I don't think they ever say, but uh, but it's it's interesting because. In one scene, they swim down to the city, and the water is so high above the top of the skyscrapers. You're <laughs> like, wait a second. There's not literally enough water on the entire planet. Right. And maybe also Jupiter. <laughs> they to, had rain for six months straight. Yeah, but it still comes from itself. Right. Rain does, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking maybe a rain meteor from outer space came and dropped. <laughs> anyway, that's neither here nor there, because that was only one awful part. Uh, but no, there's so he's got this oil tanker, which is the Exxon Valdez, of course, because it was topical at that point. <laughs> and uh, and they're just, you know, they it's it's full a certain well, it's it's used now after a while because they've been driving it around and they're they're using the oil that's in in it to fuel all their you know machines. Everybody else has to use wind because you know right. the whole world's gone. Anyway, in the bottom of this tank. <laughs> is this little old dude in a rowboat and he just keeps him locked down there and he just has a you know measure of the you know he's keeping a constant you know you check down and where are we at you right. know and so at one point um our hero Kevin Costner opens up the lid to the tank and he's threatening to drop a flare down in there to blow the ship up right. because whatever who cares why <laughs> and so he he does and as the thing's on the way down the guy looks up the guy that's been down in the hull of this tanker for however long, he looks up and he's like, oh, thank God, because it's over. <laughs> right. He knows, finally, sweet relief. And uh, so I went all that way <laughs> to say that Fetter is that little old guy with the white beard in the bottom of the tanker waiting for it to just be over. I see. That was a great story. Uh Totally, I mean, totally worth it. There's nobody else in the studio. We could just start over. <laughs> no, no. The sentiment is is correct. The yes. story was terrible, but you know what I mean. Yes, but I think Fetter is one of those that's going to have a slow, it's going to be a slow burn instead. He's going to stay around for at least another 
eight months for the Olympics. Uh, well, yes, yes. But how do you think he's going to go out? Do you think he's going to just slide down into the fifties and then no, disappear? No. no, I think he's. I think he's going to win Wimbledon and he's going to dip. Right. Well, that yeah, that would make sense. He's going to lose in the finals to Djokovic. I mean, and dip. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's about the best. I mean, obviously, if he want if he want to slam, he should quit. Yeah. Um, well, he's gonna quit right after he wins, and on the way out, I think he's gonna like take a razor blade to Djokovic's Achilles <laughs> on the way out, just to make sure he doesn't pass him. Because face it, he's gonna. Yeah. That's been our prediction for four years now. Well, and Nadal's about to go back to number one, so that's gonna make that race a little bit closer with the weeks at number one, although we don't think anybody cares about that. Nobody cares. Even Sampras, even, Sampras cares. Nadal said he didn't care even. Yeah, Sampras um, cares still, but yeah. that's it. But he's already been passed by Federer, so what does it matter? So, by the way, the only thing that matters on the men's side from this week is one match that absolutely proves I and then ultimately us, <laughs> we were right. Daniel, the savior, the dirty Russian, Daniel Medvedev, is surpassing or has surpassed. He hasn't by, you know, hardware yet, probably. Maybe he has, but I think he's surpassed. Well, he's definitely surpassed all them. He surpassed the next gen. Right. And the part that, it's not because, because he actually didn't beat Federer, Djokovic to get there, but like Zverev beating Federer, that doesn't mean anything to me, and Tsitsipas beating Djokovic, that doesn't mean anything to me because that's happened before. Beating them in a in a Masters, I mean Zverev has won three Masters. That it doesn't mean anything until you've done it on a bigger stage. I know a Masters is a big stage, but I mean that's one of the smallest, least important Masters tournaments, the one in October. I mean it all didn't even play. That's how important it is, right? So. Yes, it's better than the alternative of them losing to those guys, but I don't think it's like, I don't think that by itself is a sign of the times. Now, Tsitsipas has now beaten Federer at a slam and Djokovic in a Masters, so you put those two things together, maybe that means something. But I don't think those results mean, oh, it's a sign of the end, because Tsitsipas hadn't hardly won a match the last, you know, right. three months. Yeah, he look good. So, now I've got the same with Zverev. Too. I've got to, listen. I've got I've I've got to split hairs here. I, it, <laughs> it's only fair to be upfront and honest with the audience. <laughs> so Zverev, who is the poster child, the epitome of what the next gen is, right? All hype and but nothing to back it up. All hat, no cattle, as they say right. in Texas. <laughs> Turn pro. In 2013, Medvedev turned pro in 2014. Now, what I'm going to say, since I don't have it in front of me, I'm just going to go ahead and say that Zverev turned pro in January 1st <laughs> of 2013, and Medvedev was on December 31st in 2014. <laughs> so it's almost two years apart. Right. That'll that'll help make my point more. But they're only a year apart, but still, it's... To some degree, it's about when they turn pro. Right. But it's also, to some degree, where they were in the rankings all throughout the big three getting their titles. And Medvedev wasn't even at that level yet. No. Now he's here. If he would have done this, if he was four years older than he is now 
and was on the same track, he might have been in that Delpo range by now. Right. Uh, and if he's healthy, surpassed a Delpo or a Wawrinka. Uh, so we'll find out. But he has certainly leapfrogged the quote-unquote next-gen, even though he may technically still be part of the next-gen. But in my mind, he's not. Well, and Zverev does get punished for the burden of expectation because he has been a top-five player for what seems like three or four years now. Yeah. And whereas Medvedev has had a more a slower ascent, but Medvedev is only 23. But of course, I'm sure Zverev is young too. Yeah. Oh, you want his age? Well, I'm trying. Yeah, he's 22, so he's one year younger. In term, uh, but turned pro a year earlier. Right. Which, listen, that's, a, that's probably something that's not completely in his control, honestly, because he's got. Both of them have team, you know, every pro player, I'm sure, with this kind of expectation has a team of people, you know, helping them make these decisions or in some cases, who knows, making decisions for them. But either way, Zverev was part of that group. Medvedev really wasn't yet. And uh, and now he's Medvedev is passing them or has has surpassed them. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's just interesting how we've already kind of called Zverev a failure, and he's only 22. But it feels like, feels like he's almost on the downhill slide of his career already. Well, no, we didn't call him a failure. I don't, I don't think we've ever said that. It's just when all we do is destroy him on this podcast, <laughs> I, I, it does sound like it. What what player besides somebody who has been dominant during a you know, Connors, McEnroe, Agassi, Sampras? You know, those type of people, maybe not even the greatest ever, but Mats Vlander types where they win seven or so, you know, right. five to seven. Anybody except those people all throughout history would certainly trade places with where Zverev is right now. Right. You know, I mean, uh, Todd, Todd Martin, I don't think he would because he was in that same spot. You know, he never really, but he didn't have the same height. Right. Um, well, and I think that our whole thing is part of our whole argument is being able to win, you know, on the big stage. And Zverev is like, it's like he's proven that he's good enough based on his ranking. Because if you're ranked in the top three, obviously you have the talent of anyone. Right. But you can't win anything in a slam. That That's the whole issue. Well, here's every single player that we've ever talked about on the ATP tour since the inception of this podcast, which what seems like 30 years ago. <laughs> Just today. Yeah. Every player has been discussed in context, are they good enough to make this era deep enough to give the big three the respect they deserve for the accomplishments they've made? Right. And our argument is, for each and every one of those uh, youngsters, no. Yours not at first, of course, but it took me a while to smarten you up. <laughs> so if you decide, if you ask me, Hey, let's do a Zverev podcast. First of all, I'd jump out the tenth story uh, window <laughs> in our studio. Um, but after that, because I'd probably survive that. I've got, I'm, yeah, I've got pretty good reflexes. Uh, but if you ask me, let's do a Medvedev podcast only and talk about his skills and you know every, everything else. Certainly, we would we would uh, rate his emotional control skills, his psychology low. Right. But everything else would be wonderful. 
Yeah. And he'd be a fantastic player. And, and, and his career, the description of his career would sound way more positive than it does with the big three as being the backdrop for our discussion. And that's not me wiggling out of, you know, saying he sucks because he doesn't suck. <laughs> but the point of this podcast has turned into God, men's tennis sucks because everybody else besides the big three suck. Right. And so it's just kind of been me defending that for, you know, a hundred and some episodes. But as a as a player in and of himself, yeah, he's wonderful. He's got a high degree of skill. Right. But so does Kyrgios. Yeah. But that in that so that means that's not the end of the story. Right. Well, and the other reason I'm not jumping up and down about Zverev, even if he'd have won the final, is that Federer struggled throughout this tournament in every match he played. So Zverev beating Federer I mean, he beat a struggling Federer. Right. Or whatever, you know. And yes, beating Federer is beating Federer, but you could tell that Federer wasn't at his best throughout the tournament. And then Zverev got to play Berrettini in the semis, who's, you know, almost top 10. It was still a good win, but, you know, I can't say he had any milestone wins, even including the one against Federer in this tournament. Yeah, a 22-year-old beating a 36-year-old who doesn't look good. You know, that's not... And a 22-year-old who's six in the world. It's not like just yeah. some random... Uh, and so, again, we've talked about it time and time again. All of these guys have the physical attributes, but they may not have the mental and psychological components to, to handle it. Mental being game plan, choices on the court, psychological being the mental aspect, you know, the emotional control aspect. So, I'm 100% with you. Well, um, and one thing I was going to bring up is... What do you think is, and it's a complicated question, but what do you think is missing from all these guys except Medvedev? And we're even saying Medvedev has it when he's really just had one slam where he's proven he has it. Every other slam, he was, you know, like everybody else. But he was still on the come up. Right. He's, Those guys were already three in the world yeah, yeah. and still being awful. He has exceeded his expectations for a while now, whereas these guys have really never exceeded their expectations. Um, so what do you think? Well, I mean, if, the three out of five aspect has to have something to do with it. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe you don't have the uh, capacity to maintain your level of concentration for three full sets for seven full rounds or two. In well, that's Zverev's what I'm saying. We talk, about, we talk about them not being able to beat the big three in three out of five. They don't even get to the big three most of the time. Right. They can't beat anybody. So that's the thing is like. So it's not physical. We've discussed that. Yeah. So, you know, his forehand or his serve or his volley's not really. <laughs> uh, so in that regard, it is physical if he's uh, volleying. But <laughs> um, but it's certainly either, and I'm not in his circle, so I'm not on the court, you know, off outside of tournaments when he's being coached. Right. So I don't know what, I don't know what they're doing with him. And if he's following the plan when it you know when it's two out of three and it's easy to maintain concentration or you know then he gets into a slam and he's and he can't maintain it throughout I don't know uh but certainly the the pressure aspect and the psychological aspect is certainly uh, a key factor well we can't we don't know for sure if it's three out of five because all the slam like if it was a slam that was two out of three then we could say okay well, it was just the fact that it was a slam which is a bigger tournament so we don't know if it's Three out of five or right. the slam because they're always together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be both. could be one or the other. Right. But there's definitely something that happens. I mean, I would think the three out of five seems more likely to me just because 
they've been in Masters finals and they've done fine and they've been in, you know, yeah. you would think a Masters final would be akin to a second round of a slam or third round of a slam. In, unless, unless their elders are influencing their overall perception of which matches mean more even if it's right. even if it's subconscious on their part they're looking at oh wow you know all the big three skip a lot of these masters or they skip a lot of the you know when's the last time they played two 500s in a row right uh and so just by nature of seeing that that's they, true you they do may, have more competition they the may too. just pressure may be r- lifted off of them just enough. Right. I don't know. Again, it's impossible to tell unless you're in the circle. Uh, but you can certainly see body language. You can certainly watch, you know, as he's whining up to his box or, you know, yelling at his box or, you know, whatever. Um, and that's not just him. Again, it's it's all these quote-unquote next-geners. Um, I was going to say Zverev doesn't usually struggle in early rounds. These masters, but he beat Shardy 7-6-7-6. Seven, six, seven, six. And it was fifteen thirteen in the first tie break. Wow! And Shardy so, is what sixty three years old. And yeah, and worse than that ranking probably. Right. Uh, and Rublev he had a seven six. So I mean, he's still struggling against people he shouldn't be struggling against. That's what I'm saying. I'm not. I can't jump up and down against him. Medvedev he beat beat Cameron Norrie six three six one. So he's he beat Pospisil still six and five. But that's a so that's a closer match. Bonini three and six. But I mean he's. He's proven that, you know, he can beat the people he's supposed to beat easy, as easy as he should. Well, and listen, you're exactly right that a slam, a slam, he has gone the distance. Right. You know. Well, yeah, he went five sets in the final. Right. And looked as good as Nadal, who won it. Right. Which nobody ever does. Right, yeah. And so you're talking about, but still, Osaka did the same thing. You know, you know what I mean. It's so it's a slam. However, the way the graph is trending, uh, and particularly in these tournaments after the slam, except for Labor Cup, he didn't want to play that. Uh, I don't know if he wanted to or didn't get invited. I'm <laughs> I'm 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 telling you, if he didn't get invited, it's because oh, he takes his stuff too serious. Yeah, he's trying to win. Uh, Zvera, pay attention. Uh, but yeah, he's trending in the right direction and. I would certainly, if I could bet, put money on him over anybody else in the next year. If it was, the, if the bet was Medvedev versus the field minus big three, I would take Med. You know, oh, totally. Medvedev all day, every day. I would. I might take him for the Australian. I would probably take him over Federer at this point, just because I don't know that Federer can make it through seven three out of five set matches. Yeah. Um. At this stage, and and Medvedev has just such an amazing hard court record, um, and he just doesn't care, dude. Yeah, he gets out. I mean, he's antagonizing the crowd. <laughs> that you, you don't talk about the psychological side of tennis. It might be one of those Jordan kind of things where he's got to find a reason, yeah. to get motivated. Maybe that's where his head was at, and he didn't care. He didn't care. He was getting booed in the press conferences. <laughs> he relished it, and, and and it seemed like he was using it. And how can Federer get motivated at this point, being the clear third best when you've already won 20? I mean, I would put motivation level for Medvedev higher than him. But they're going to be all four separated anyway. So, But yeah, I don't see... 
I don't see any reason to think Zverev will do any better in the Australian than he's done in any other slam just because he made the finals of a Masters. Right. Oh, Where, for sure. Whereas Medvedev, I mean, you should, you think we think he's the clear clearly a favorite to make the semis. Um, right. I still don't know that I'm ready to put him, you know, even with Nadal or Djokovic, but like you said, if you take out the big three, he's definitely the favorite. Well, and, and as far as Djokovic goes, I still don't know 100% how good he is physically. You I'm know, I actually mean, really surprised he played this tournament. I, I am too. And, you know, playing. But he a, looked great until his loss. <laughs> yeah, playing a dumb exhibition and then all the, you know, who knows. And he's got more exhibitions scheduled and then he's play, supposed to play in Paris. So he's basically playing through the end of the year. And he's obviously going to play the ATP. Well, yeah, Paris. Of course he's going to play the French (laughs) Open. What are you talking about? What possibly? No, the Jack Sock Open. Oh, good uh, Lord. In November. Um, Oh, my God. We've had this discussion a million times, but it's worth repeating that it's the dumbest thing on the planet to have a Masters 1000 basically on Christmas. I mean, is it Christmas Day? (laughs) Is that? No, it is the beginning of November. And it is, I mean... But to have three Masters have you, after the U.S. Open, how stupid is that? Have you called it the Jack Sock Open before? I haven't, no. I I like the name. I think it's a great <laughs> name, the Jack Sock Open. I like it. Um, Yeah, I I just don't get it. And But like you said, we fell into the trap of caring again. Golly, um, it gets me every time. But I think... Man, dare I say it? This cat is different. This, I mean, and if, by the way, if Zverev beat Medvedev, I wouldn't be talking any differently today, right? I would say, okay, Zverev won another Masters. He's done that before, and he's not built anything off of it. Like he didn't accomplish anything based on winning that in the next Slam, right? Because again, he the kid he Zverev can play tennis very very well, right? We and he get can that. beat any player. Right, but Medvedev is so I, I I think it and we you know I don't think we've fallen into that trap too much of getting overly hyped like Osaka we every time I think we've kind of with her I did did you get more hyped than I should have I didn't because I'm better than but you. she still could I mean I don't think we're wrong if I'm no, wrong necessarily he, right right but it wasn't the second coming like every commentator yeah, yeah, on yeah. the planet but with Medvedev in relation to his you know, age slash pro when they turn pro peers. Yeah. This cack of ball, man. I mean, he's, I think he's, I think it looks different. Well, and would you say at this point, he's definitely going to win a slam? Uh, (sighs) But I mean, I I know you wouldn't say that about Zverev. No, no, no. Here's what matters. When? Oh, anytime. I mean, ever. yeah. Ever, I like definitely. Yes. But I mean, even Team and Zverev at this point, I don't know that I would put money on either of them to win a slam ever. Team probably just because of the French. I would take Team over Zverev in that category. Like if I had to bet today, they said you got to bet, you know, whatever amount of money on either Zverev to win a slam or never win a slam. I would probably bet the never. Yeah. Even though he's 22. Golly, that's, that's a tough one because... <laughs> But you think here, he's got to be playing from twenty six to thirty without any. Here's what makes it hard. Three. Here's what makes it harder. Is that is that now we so if we're talking about ever that means post big three. I know that's the problem. But we now have a big one maybe, and that would be 
Medvedev. Right, and that's our whole argument. That's that. crazy. That's crazy talk. But our whole argument is that, that the next gen is so bad that the next next gen will pass them once the big three is gone. Yeah, and again, uh, it's dicey at best calling him next next gen, but I do think it's not. I think I'm right because he wasn't in this group right. for a, a good portion of the big three's success. Well, to me, next next gen is like, Got on the tour in like 2018 or later. Well, he turned pro in 2014, though. That's what I mean. So I would put him next gen. Medvedev. Does Zverev, both. Well, both of them. Well, Medvedev, yeah. But see that, Medvedev's borderline. Well, that's why you have to... It, it, it's not... And I feel like I'm... Hedge, that's what I was saying earlier. I feel like I'm hedging my bets. Um, and people aren't going to buy it. You big dummy. But, <laughs> you know, yes, he turned pro a year after Zverev, which is that long. But also, he wasn't part of that group yet yeah. that had a chance to threaten the big three and stop them from getting their numbers. So anyway, the good news is we don't care about men's tennis. <laughs> we care about women's tennis. And Coco Golf is the other story that dragged us back into tennis, which we swore we were just going to not even <laughs> we had all kinds of crazy topics to talk about. None of them were tennis. Uh, pro tennis, I mean. Right. And here we are. Well, I think what's funny is Worth had, it. had Coco not made the final, we wouldn't have given that tournament probably one minute of coverage. And I didn't even know she was in the tournament until she made the final. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was not a tournament we would normally cover, but the fact that she won it. And I didn't, I found her today, she was a lucky loser, which I think is even better. Well, I, listen, um, I don't know how all the, you know, restrictions on age work or what have you. Maybe that, you know, it's a fiscal year and not a calendar year. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, it it the the fun part for for the women's side is American number 1 for us obviously. But the other side is it's like more riches upon more riches on the women's side. I mean, really, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like calling and shot calling. The women how can they not carry men's tennis when the big three retire you know they right. have to and it, it looks like well they've been carrying american tennis for years well certainly but and they will have to continue well yeah obviously <laughs> um so but yeah so coco golf did you watch that match i did it was so crazy um i what i missed that i wish i'd have seen in the third set i guess her dad came down to coach her i wish i'd have seen that um because i guess i guess he basically told her like, who cares? You just lost two match points. Who cares? You know, score, you're up 5-2. That's all that matters. Right. Just go out and finish it. Um, and Ostapenko is just so streaky. The fact that she won a slam still baffles me. I mean, but I guess that's just what a streaky player can do. I mean, could just be hot seven matches in a row. Because she can't even... I mean, like, she was obviously hot this turn and made the final, but it's just... Right. She can lo literally lose to anyone. I mean, as evidenced by the fact that she lost, was down 5-0 to Coco in the third. Right. I mean, it's just, uh, that was such a weird scoreline. Yeah. Man, oh man. So I guess Coco Golf's not going to college now. <laughs> and see, I'd, I've not fallen in the trap of hyping Coco, and I'm looking more wrong every day. No, you're not. No? No, no. You're not saying you're awful and you're not going to make it. You're just a flash in the pan. You're saying, hey, pump the brakes. Yeah, yes. but I was like comparing her to like, CC Bellis and Melanie Udan. <laughs> no, you. I don't think you were comparing her to her. You were saying, oh, by the way, there is example after example yeah. after example of, I mean, face it, children having success and then it not materializing in the long run. And my whole point was she's not going to win the U.S. Open next year. You know, it's like. Well, listen, she might. 
Right. I, you know, I wouldn't <laughs> put money on it, but she might. I don't know. But the point being is, is it's a long road. It's a difficult road. And she's 15. Is she 16 yet? Did she win a car and can't even drive it? <laughs> well, I'm just, if we jumped on every teenager that won something, we'd be exasperated. And that's what I mean. I've been and exhausted I've been, with all the jumping. I've been, <laughs> I've been burnt too many times by the next big thing, you know. Right. And so now I feel like I've gone too far the other direction where, like, I don't have faith in anyone. <laughs> well, um, I, I mean, certainly. Um, the, somebody's got to be the next big thing. The level of success she's had now. I think probably surpasses some of these young. I mean, because Udan was like a summer. Yeah, right. Literally, at, and literally, she was like three hundred in the world two years later. Yeah, and pretty now much she off had, the tour. I think she had a foot injury that was pretty bad or something. Probably, also, but and CC Bellis was like one tournament. Right. I mean, you didn't see her in anything after that, except a wild cards, and she didn't do anything. And by rule, uh, Coco Golf, as not to get her confused with Coco Vandeweghe. Uh, you know, Coco Golf has to limit by rule her schedule, which is great for her. Um, otherwise, she may be overexposed, get too much too quick, and kind of fall into that trap and would not be good. I was trying to see if Melanie Udan had a current rank. Oh, no, she retired in 2017. Wow. So, so much for that. She held on that long, huh? <laughs> Golly, what was it? 08? Did she? I can't remember. It was a long time it's, ago. It was it? a long time. So Coco Goff and Medvedev, are they going to be the Federer and Serena of 2024? Hmm. Uh, Odin got to number 31 in the world, by the way, so that wasn't terrible. No. Uh, I mean, I'd certainly think that Medvedev can. The one problem I have with him is he's had no success whatsoever on grass or clay. And so... But But listen, I mean... You got to remember that these people train for a living. They yeah. train, ten, you know, so as it becomes uh, more of a cost, you know, benefit, you know, uh, analysis ratio that it goes in their favor. Yeah. Now they can start moving on to training for other services and improving areas, et cetera, once they hit that level uh, where they're making a lot of money. And so he's going to evolve and improve. I mean, so. Not you know, it's not a static video game situation where <laughs> this is your guy and that's it. So, Bellis got to thirty uh, five in the world, which again seems hard to imagine. Inconceivable. <laughs> well, and the funny thing about her and Udan, they're both like two feet tall. Yeah, and and Bellis is only twenty years old, so it's like, you know, why would you she think? is now? Uh huh. What I know. That doesn't make that doesn't make sense. I think it was she was like she was like the Coco. I'm telling you, she was like 15 when she made it to the third or fourth round, whatever it was. So in her entire Grand Slam career, she's won five matches. Wow! And I think three of them were in that tournament that, that one year. That's crazy. Yeah, so it's pretty wild. Well, but, but I, again, she had some injury issues, like you said. But it just it just I'm not ready to even winning a tournament. Like, no offense to her, but she won a pretty low-level tournament. Um, she was a lucky loser, so she really could have easily not even been in the tournament. Um, and that's based on some of the drawing. Toma Coco. Coco, yeah. yeah. So, we're pumping the brakes on Zverev. I'm definitely pumping the brakes on Coco. Yeah, and, th- and, and, and that doesn't make you incorrect. That doesn't make you missing the boat on her because 
first of all, if you were to just pluck those results out and say this is what your year was, you'd be like, nah, that wasn't right. very good. Right. Uh, it was just extremely overhyped. Yeah. Everything that happened times 10. But it was fun. It's fun to get caught up in the moment. And that's all right. Especially, again, it's American. So that, you know, we like that. But uh, I think Medvedev right now, I mean, I'm I'm higher on him than I am on Coco because of the preponderance of evidence. I think it's there's yeah. more information uh, trending in the right direction for Medvedev. She's got so little because her limited schedule um, in terms of that. But well, like you said, that helps her. I want to see what happens when she has to play a tournament every week or, you know, get in a pattern where she's playing four tournaments in six weeks that kind of thing yeah which i mean listen she's 15 or 16 or whatever she is and she's i mean she's still growing you know what i mean and so yeah. physically it's just not that's why they have those rules because physically and emotionally and mentally it's just hard yeah uh so give her some time for sure but i i don't i'm not sitting here thinking oh two years from now she'll be in the you know finals of a, a slam and and pushing some of the best players even if she beats them from time to time now that's fine but Sustained success, you know, being top 10 in the world is a whole nother ball game. Yeah, and so. that's what I get irritated. It's like, even when people are predicting her to beat Halep, you know, I got a little frustrated. I'm like, you know, come on, Halep is former number one Grand Slam champion. Like, let's calm it down. Well, then you can uh, say, wouldn't it be awesome if she did? Right. And it would continue the hype train and, and, and et cetera. But yeah, you're right. It's like, um, Halep has won a lot of matches. She's won more matches than Coco has played. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and way, so, way more. Yeah. Or how about this? Halep has won more matches than Coco has played or watched yeah. uh, a lot. <laughs> right. You know, she's been doing it for a long time. And, uh, and, and by the way, even if Coco beat Halep, you know, okay, well, let's see what happens when Halep plays her again and has right. prepared and yeah. has videotape. And now the one thing about Coco that helps her is she's got all the surrounding parts, I think, that she, I mean, world-class coach, you know, parents that seem relatively normal. I'm not coaching her. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, so she's got, you know, that working for her, whereas I don't think I could name, you know, Melanie Dan's coach or CeCe Bell's coach. I mean, she's got... All their dads, I think. Right. She's got a world-famous coach before she's even made it. So that's that's another big step that works in her favor. Yeah. Um. So, but I mean, it wouldn't shock me if she isn't top 20 till she's 17, 18, 19. I mean... That's what I mean. What well, I mean is that's not counters a Grand Slam champion in 2020. And healthier maybe and leading to more long-term success if she isn't. You right. know, I mean, slow, she needs to slow her roll, not just us. Yeah, so. and I don't blame her for no. taking advantage. She yeah, should of get course. every Nike contract she can get and every right. ad and interview and TV show, like, do all of it. I don't blame her for that at all. Well, and everybody should because you just don't know. I, I disagree with anybody who says, oh, they fell into the hype and certain, I'm like, yeah, well... What happens if they didn't do any of that and then they lost and then you didn't get anything? Or what happens if they got in a car accident and yeah. broke an ankle right. and they're ne- they can't ever move the same, which is, you know, I mean, the margins at that level are infin- infinitesimally small. Yeah. There's my word for the day. <laughs> so, no, I mean, you got to go for all that yeah. as much as you can. Somebody who's won a slam, you know, then I do understand them doing too much off the court. Right. Because you've already made it. Right. Like at that point, you Mario. should be, yeah, exactly. You knew who I was, and Bouchard, you knew who I was Eugenie. referencing. Um, so it's it's different for somebody like this. You may never make it, so you got to take what you can get. 
That's what I wanted Marcus Willis to do when he played Federer in the Wimbledon. I said he should have gotten every possible endorsement <laughs> those two days. He should have had RC Cola and Snickers out there on the oh, sidelines. No, Snickers are too high profile. <laughs> Zagnut or some nonsensical. Baby beat. Ruth. Right. <laughs> Payday. Oh, yeah. No, man. I mean, he should have. I mean, get a 20000 get a $25,000 endorsement. I mean, look what happened. We've never seen him again since then. Right. So why not? We're a you know, cut off. Well, they wouldn't have let him do that Wimbledon. As I say, cut off RC Cola t-shirt, but they wouldn't let him do that at Wimbledon. That's practice courts, maybe. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he would have had an extra 25000 if he listened to me because he's never made it on TV again. Right. Now, I don't think Coco's going to have that problem, but like you said, you never know. I mean, she really breaks don't. her leg tomorrow. I mean, may never come back. God forbid. I'm not trying to jinx her. Uh, I do wish her for this for the benefit of our game. I wish her all the success. But uh, anyway, all right. I think we, uh, God. I mean, I I feel good about what happened and us talking about it, but I don't feel good about the fact that we got dragged into tennis during the <laughs> during the dead period of the season. Well, answer this before we go. No, nope. is the young. Are the young guns here? That's what everybody, all the headlines are saying. The young guns are here. But to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, I'm the man. Well, they did. Not really. (laughs) Not really. Take him down in a final of a Grand Slam. Beat them them until they can't get up. And then you will, woo. You will be the man. You're totally right, though. It's like knocking down Rocky in the first round. It doesn't matter. Like, you knocked him down in a Masters. Who cares? Right. Can you beat him in the Australian? I, I agree with that. He's like iron. <laughs> I got to... Why don't I always... We always come up with good clips and I forget. Yeah. Just every Rocky movie. There's, there's dozens in each. But um, I pity the fool. But yeah, that, those were the headlines I was reading. And I'm like, well, winning a Masters, that doesn't really tell me that... I mean, we, the young gun is here, Medvedev, but we're not really calling for the rest of them to be there yet. Right. And let's see them win a tournament with Nadal, Federer, and Djokovic all playing. That's the other thing. By the way, one of the best episodes we ever had is laughing uncontrollably <laughs> at how ridiculous. I mean, the referee in any Rocky movie <laughs> would be in prison for what they allowed to happen in that ring. Anyway, all well, they, right. They did have a boxer go to the hospital over the weekend. So, Oh, that's not good. Maybe. I didn't even know boxing still existed. <laughs> no all knows. right. I think that's it. I think we did a pretty good job of a uh, mixture of talking tennis, but not talking more than needed to be talked right. about. And uh, we, I think we left it to the, the topic to the two players that uh, intrigued us this week and uh, hopefully will continue to intrigue us into the beginning of next season. All right. Yes. No corner, hopefully. No. Thank goodness. All right. Instagram, Tennis Revolution Pod. Twitter, Tennis Rev Pod. And nothing else. Nothing. I don't even know. I should drop my Facebook account for the thing, the fan page. I don't, I don't even care. I've got I've got a bunch of friends on it. I don't even know. I don't know anyone on my Facebook. Almost. Well, that's just the same as everybody else. Oh, fair enough. Fair You're not enough. the only one in that category. I don't know how to do this stuff. So Anyway, all right. Until next time, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.